Here's the thing. Saving money with Geico is almost better than playing pickup basketball. Because there's always that guy who joins your game. He never passes the rock, he constantly bricks threes, and he'll completely hack you and then put his hands up and say, no foul, no foul. With GEICO, it's easy to switch and save on car insurance. No need to fake an ankle sprain because you're absolutely exhausted. So switch and save with GEICO. It's almost better than sports. Hello, this is Ron Burgundy, and you are listening to my voice, which commands trust and respect. Guess what? My podcast is back, and that's a win for everyone. If you're a longtime listener to the show, you probably already know the deal. Each week, I bring you hard-hitting journalism and also light entertainment. I contain multitudes. Find the Ron Burgundy Podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to Movie Crush, a production of iHeartRadio. Hey, welcome to Mini Crush. Wait, Nolan hey. and I were just having good combos. I know, and then we started rolling like in medias ray. Is that the term? I think that's a literary term. <laughs> is it? It's when things start in the middle. You oh. know? It's like in progress, and what's, then you jump in. The, what is it called? In medias ray. Oh, it, the S might be silence. It might be in media ray. Uh-huh. But I think it's a Greek you know, drama term that refers to dropping in right in the middle of something already in progress. I'm a big fan of that. That's what we just did. Wow. Because you literally, we hit record while we were still talking, and you heard a little bit of that. That was that was the real shit right there, Chuck. Yeah, so quick recap. We were talking about music. Uh, I've been listening to a lot of, um, here's here's my Genesis deal, mm-hmm, what I just mm-hmm, told you. Mm-hmm. Love the Peter Gabriel stuff, of yep. course, but I've been really getting into the like four albums post-Peter Gabriel, pre-Invisible Touch. Right. Really good. Invisible Touch is when they really leaned into the 80s, oh, uh, yeah. you know, excess. Super poppy yeah, polish. Super poppy uh, square shoulder pad suits. Yeah, that like kind Steinberger basses right. and guitars. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you remember right. those? You know what I think is really funny, though? I, I think Peter Gabriel and Phil Collins are artists in an, um, in their own right. I'm sure. more of a Peter Gabriel guy. He was the weird one. You yeah, know? sure. His solo records, fucking weird. Yeah. You know? Collins was way more into the commercial stuff, but I swear to God, man, after Peter Gabriel left the, left the band, Phil Collins is doing his best Peter Gabriel impression, singing-wise. <laughs> they sound, like, identical. It's a little weird. Think? I do. Oh, see, I don't see it. I do. Early on, especially. Okay. Early on. That's just my, my, my opinion, but... Uh, and I just dropped that I've been listening to a lot of punk music because we did a, a stuff you should know on punk Never gotten into it, and now it turns out I'm really into it. Is that why your hair's all spiky today, Chuck? <laughs> My hair's always spiky, That's but true. I am uh, getting into punk rock music at the age of 48 mm-hmm. for the first time. It's never too late, dude. It's never too late. Uh, you want to break some shit? You start uh, a riot? No, man. I'm, I'm one of those good punks. You're a chill punk. What uh, What are some some wrecks for the people at home? Well, I've been listening to The Misfits, mm-hmm. uh, The Damned, yep. The Circle Jerks, mm. uh, The Saints out okay. of Australia. Yeah. And I feel like there was one more. There was one more. I always listen to the Ramones, but I listened to more Ramones yesterday. Yeah, yeah. And we were saying off air how those are the ones that maybe 
elevated the form a little bit, like where there's a little more melody, yeah. a little more interesting compositions, whereas yeah. some of the more hardcore, thrashy punk bands are not really your bag. Not my bag. Yeah. My, that, my, certainly that Sex Pistols record is great. Oh, agreed. You know? I think they kind of straddle that that line as well, while sort of leaning more towards the thrashy, snotty side, but they're still, they're really clever songs, yeah. clever lyrics, really cool arrangements. I agree. Good stuff. We were also talking about podcast movement. Which uh, for you, you know, some of you might know about it, but Mm. people outside the industry, that is sort of has been uh, weeded itself out as the best conference in the industry. Yeah, I went once in Orange County uh, in in, in California several years ago. Yeah. And this year. We were both at that one, right? That's right. Yeah. Yeah, This year it's in Orlando. That's right. Um, And and we're both going. Uh Uh-huh. And this will come out. um, I think we will have already been. So oh, okay. it was terrible. Oh, well, Everyone, no, there's, there's no way of knowing. Uh, <laughs> it's I'm looking okay. forward to. It. Hey, I'm mainly looking forward to because all of the the, the HSW crew. Uh, I'm not sure about you, Chuck. Not that I don't count you in that bunch. <laughs> but we're staying at the uh, the Orlando Hilton, and it has a lazy river. Oh, you're not staying at the place where the thing is? It was sold out. That that place was sold out. Oh, but everyone nuts. was like, we're staying at the Orlando Hilton because it has a lazy river. Annie Reese, who does Savor uh-huh. and stuff on Never Told You, oh, she's, she's a maximizer. So she knows what's up. <laughs> and she's like, lazy river, Hilton, Orlando Hilton, got to go. So oh, we're all doing I'm so that. mad. Well, maybe I can come over and well, lay around. Of course around. you can. Lays. Although, dude, I'm there for 18 hours. Oh, wow. And I've got like four things scheduled. I'm pretty much going and hitting, hitting it running. Although... Tuesday night, I get in, uh, and I'd love to get a drink yes, or something. Yes, 100%. I get in Tuesday as well. Okay, great. Perfect. Sealed. Signed, sealed, and delivered, everybody. I'm yours <laughs> for a drink on Tuesday. <laughs> anyway. All right, Noel, buddy. We're going to start it off with the poll truth. We haven't done some polls in a while. We're going to pull it up with a Tarantino edition because mm-hmm. he is on everyone's mind right now. Yep. Uh, we are going to crush that movie out, which will have already come out. So. Yes. I hope you guys enjoyed that episode. Mm-hmm. I, I sure I'm enjoyed really it. Really looking forward to recording that. I am too. All right, Noel, and I want your your answers here too. You got it. Uh, poll truth. Hold on, my phone's ringing. Here, you should hear. The... You like that, guys? <laughs> it's my ring. That's very clever, Chuck. That's my voice. How'd you make that happen? That's. And I got Emily because uh, I wanted her to have her own ringtone to yell "baby" at me, mm-hmm. "baby." And so when she calls, it's just her screaming, and people are always too, too adorable. I can't handle. Nah, it. it's kind of obnoxious. Actually, I like it. All right, here, here we go. Here, better movie, Jackie Brown, or Reservoir Dogs? Hmm. Yeah, I mean, I'm going to say Reservoir Dogs, but Jackie Brown kicks ass. <clears throat> yeah, uh, it, it got it. Reservoir Dogs won in a landslide, four thirty-two to one fifty-seven. But one hundred and fifty-seven people that like Jackie Brown better—that's respectable. Jackie Brown's just such a classic movie. Yeah. It just the way it it feels so intentional and it's less stylized, I yeah. think, you know, and I like that about it. It's it's a it's a nice it's a good movie. So I would vote for Reservoir Dogs, I guess. It was probably not a fair way to kick off the polls. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> but I'm sorry. All right, n- next one, Noel. Uh better screenplay. This is tough. Pulp fiction or true romance? One of, one of the best scripts to me ever is True Romance. So this is a tough one. Yeah. I mean, I, I would say Pulp Fiction. By How can you? I mean, I put it against the biggest heavyweight for a reason. I know. I mean, I I like True Romance, but I I don't really remember much about it. Like a lot, a lot about it. I remember that uh, Gary Oldman has fake gold teeth and, and, a, and a dready wig. Yeah. 
That happens, right? You got everything here from a diddle I Joe to damned if I know. That's pretty funny. <laughs> That's pretty funny. I mean, that was a big movie for us. Maybe it's slanted in my mind. Brad Pitt's on the couch with the smoking yeah, weed out of the honey bear. Because we watched True Romance 40 times in college. I need to revisit it. All right. Pulp Fiction 1. Three ninety eight to one oh seven. I'm glad 107 people out there appreciate the brilliance of that script. Totally, is what I will say. And that was also like he was the he who was the screenwriter for that, and not the director. Correct. Yeah, the great, great, late, great R.I.P. Tony Scott. That's right, Tony. Hmm. So sad about that. Here's the thing: saving money with Geico is almost better than playing pickup basketball, because there's always that guy who joins your game. He never passes the rock. He constantly bricks threes, and he'll completely hack you and then put his hands up and say, no foul, no foul. With GEICO, it's easy to switch and save on car insurance. No need to fake an ankle sprain because you're absolutely exhausted. So switch and save with GEICO. It's almost better than sports. Hey, it's Ben, Henry, and Marcus, hosts of The Last Podcast on the Left. Our show's dedicated to uncovering hilariously horrifying stuff. And now we're only on Spotify. Join us. If you want. Obviously, we'd never force anyone to just blindly join us. That'd be crazy. But if you like stories about doomsday cults who do exactly that and more, please join us on Spotify. Visit Spotify.com slash last podcast to listen free. All right, pull truth, everyone. Pull truth. <laughs> Kills, Bills, should have been one movie, better as two movies. Well, he's talking about making a third movie. Of course he is. And he's also, like, you know, he's saying he only wants to make ten movies. Uh-huh. He's counting Kill Bill as one movie. Uh, so he's getting a uh, sort of a mulligan. Or yeah. not a mulligan, but Not a, a mulligan. I think it, 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 it's in our best interest as fans sure, of Sure, but work, he didn't you know? release it. That's my whole point. That's so Tarantino. I, I love know. him and he bugs me so Do bad. Do you want to watch a five-hour movie? <laughs> no, I want to watch a tight three-hour movie yeah. from that four and a half hours of material. I liked both of those movies very much. I did too. I just remember thinking, man, that would have made a tight three-hour movie. Mm-hmm. All right. Most people like it as two films, Noel. 318 to 148. You're winning. <laughs> it's not a competition show. <laughs> It's just the polls. It's just the poll truth. My daughter said that the other day when <laughs> Emily and I usually, you know, let her win in a stupid like race you to the door because mm-hmm. we're good parents. But the other day we both just dug in and won and she went, it's not a competition. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> Amazing. All right. The poll truth. Death proof. Awesome. Loved it. Or give me a real movie. Give me a real movie. A lot of people get mad and say it's very much a real movie. But I remember feeling a little cheated and being like, this was a fun exercise in homage to a mm-hmm. certain genre, mm-hmm. but come on. Not much beyond that. He, he's counting that as part of his oeuvre. Well, he shouldn't. I don't think so either. <laughs> yeah, people are mad right now who love that movie. I get it. And they won out, but I will say, Noel, this is pretty close. 220 people said Awesome loved it. 186 said Give Me a Real Movie. It's pretty close. Curious about some of these comments here. Uh, our old pal Ethan Yavin says, I love Quentin, a bit nostalgic perhaps, but Death Proof just ain't my speed. Aaron Crabtree says, Death Proof is so badass. That climactic car chase is an absolute knockout and great soundtrack. For sure, it had some great stuff. Oh, it was a great sequence. Yeah, with it the, wasn't with like the bailout when he like forces the bailout or whatever. And um, 
doesn't somebody get their legs? I don't remember it even. It, yeah. It's made such little impression on me. I saw it twice because I saw it was part of that whole grindhouse thing with uh, right, Robert with Rodriguez, Rodriguez. Planet, Planet. I didn't think that was very good either. It was whatever. The whole thing. I, mean, was, I remember at the time I thought it was really fun. I think I saw it in the theaters twice. But I have not given it much of a I second thought since. I thought it was cool that they did it. They did this cool grindhouse thing. And, like, I get it. I like the trailers. The little trailers in between were super fun. You yeah, know? it's yeah. all, like, I'm glad they do that stuff. It's cool that someone's out there doing that stuff. But I just didn't think, like, movie-wise. I just, I need story, man. All right. Pulp Truth. Pulp Fiction, clearly his best or not his best. Certainly the high watermark for him. I mean, that sort of established all of his tricks, you know? Like, it took what he'd started in sure. Reservoir Dogs and just pumped it up, oh, yeah. you know, to the next level. And that was sort of the tone that he set where he either had to, like, double down on that stylistically yeah, yeah, or sure. kind of back away from it, like, right. with a Jackie Brown, you and know? And he doubled down. So sometimes he, he backed away. Like, with Jackie Brown, I would argue that that's much more of, like, a laid-back, kind of, like, simpler kind yeah. of picture, you know? Yeah, yeah, for sure. It was, I mean, most of his movies are homages to his forebearers. Sure. Cinematic forebears. God, I can't wait to talk about the new one. I know. I'm, I'm holding everything back. Hold just, it back, Noel. Yeah. Plug that hole. Uh, 436 said clearly his best. 319 said not his best. So a lot closer than I thought. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah, I wonder what they, I mean, I think that's a thing, too, because he has, you know, a pretty, pretty big uh, catalog of films, but not like a massive catalog of films. Yeah, so it's like it's enough to there's enough to see some shuffling. I sure, guess, you know of like what your favorites are. Yeah, yeah. Uh, our old pal Gail Kuntz said uh, Inglorious Bastards, but Pulp Fiction is second. Uh, Alex Glasnovich, our old pal, says Jackie Brown is leagues above any other Tarantino film. He's a big Jackie Brown fan. It's a great flick. Interesting. Christian uh, Benchy says. Hateful Eight is a very close second for me. And some people poo-poo Hateful Eight pretty hard. I am one of them. Yeah. I just, he said to me it's a Western version of The Thing, and now I'm kind of like thinking about that, and he may be right. But I liked The Thing, and I didn't love Hateful Eight. Yeah, Hateful Eight, though, is like he did a f- interesting thing where he, something that I always appreciate when artists do, where he limited himself to a space and yet insisted on shooting it in this massively wide format yeah, yeah. which I thought was really interesting it looked amazing it looked I'll amazing say that. but it, like he used that to great effect by making this claustrophobic space kind of you really inhabited it yeah. like with the characters you know which for I sure was, was it, had a, cool. it, it did have that like walls are closing in effect especially because it was 19 hours long alright most badass woman the bride or Jackie Brown the Bride is badass, but pitting her against Pam Greer. You know the difference is? <laughs> what? The Bride is like a cartoon character, yeah. and Jackie Brown is like a real-ass woman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So totally, I would say dude. Jackie Brown wins. Jackie Brown does not win. The Bride wins. And I think badass, you know, because she fights, and Jackie Brown is like, you know, woman surviving. That's what I'm saying, though. Like, I think it's... it's, it's but not, I agree. Yeah. In IRL, Jackie mm-hmm. Brown is clearly the bigger badass. Yeah, yeah. yeah, she got 116 votes to 348 for The Bride. All right. Pull truth, Noel. Once upon a time in Hollywood. Mm. Oh, this is going to tip your hat at least. Mm-mm, I'm not going to answer. Okay. A new masterpiece. Oh, wait. wait we've already, they've already heard the... Yeah, but I don't want to know. Okay, cool. Yes. Right. Don't answer. All right. Uh, Once upon a time in Hollywood. A new masterpiece. Good, not great. And, you know, i got these binary choices. People are so mad. I know, I bet. But for everyone listening that's upset, that's the only way that an admin can do a poll. 
is with two uh, two options. So weird. This is very close. Uh, 175 said a new masterpiece. 180 said good, not great. The Crushers have spoken. Interesting. <laughs> oh, you just like you can say words. <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> All right. <laughs> you, can't, you can't read my, 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 my poker face. You got a good poker face. Poll Truth. Tarantino, the director, one of the best ever or overall overrated? A lot of people commented both. Uh, 341 says one of the best ever. 146 say overall overrated. This This is really interesting. This is giving us a pretty clear picture of the movie crushers. And how they feel about? I think your binary QT. choices are fine um, because they are, you know, they're extremes. But then we see where people fall on that spectrum. Yeah, mm-hmm. but people want to be in the middle. Yeah, lot, you don't so. get to be on the middle for these polls. You people. don't. All right, Tarantino, the writer. Distinction, Noel. One of the best ever, or overall overrated. Uh, Three nineteen say say one of the best ever. One hundred sixty five say overall overrated. Interesting. I think he's pretty great. Overrated, but pop culture wins me over 9 out of 10, so I also love him. That's from David Massey. Hmm. Uh, Matt McCullough, great at dialogue, but I think there are better screenwriters like Paul Thomas Anderson and Aronofsky. I could agree with that. And uh, the goo, Charles Powell, for both of these said both. So one of the best, but also overrated. I guess that's possible, huh? It absolutely, especially with Tarantino, because there's so much hyperbole when it comes to praising a guy like that, you know? Yeah. And I agree that Paul Thomas Anderson... His stories are more subtle. Therefore, you could argue that he's better. He's got a lighter touch. Whereas, um, you know, Tarantino sort of uses like a fucking sledgehammer. You yeah, know? he's Tarantino. He's like, Tarantino. He's going to bombastic. Tar- he's going to you know? QT it up. Exactly. Which I respect. I respect it too. It's his. It's his thing. All right. Final one. Noel. Pull truth. Uh, movie length. Too long and indulgent, or let the man do his thing. Because you know that's always my gripe. Yeah, it depends on how if the movie's any good. Uh, 168 people think these movies are too long and indulgent, and 460 say, let the man do his thing. They have gotten longer over time, haven't they? Oh, yeah. Like, Pulp Fiction wasn't three hours. No, that was I, a, I feel like it was, that was a tight two, two and change. Two and two and a half, something I'm like curious. That. Let me look that up here. No, we'll keep everyone entertained, for God's sake. Oh, Just gosh. So here's the thing that uh, came up. <laughs> oh, actually, geez, 258. Oh. oh, really? Yeah, for some reason, I thought it was like a 220. Interesting. That is that is pretty long. Reservoir Dogs was one forty. Yeah. Okay. Jackie Brown was two forty. Yeah, he's always got a lot of story. He's got a lot of story, okay. <laughs> and then a lot of stuff yeah. in addition to the great story. All right. Well, <laughs> I stand corrected. All right. Me too. I wonder what his longest is. Inglorious Bastards. Uh, I don't well, know. I don't know. I mean, maybe. I mean, Once Upon a Time was quite quite lengthy. I think that was two like two fifty. Yeah, but that's what Pulp Fiction was apparently. Yeah, I mean, that, uh, maybe that's his wheelhouse. I did not. I had no idea that Pulp Fiction was almost three hours. Boy, it really moves. It really does. Yeah, that's the one that did not feel baggy to me. No, despite not at all. Despite all the stuff. Not at all. And glorious dead air, Noel. Hey, man, listen. Uh, so I was sitting at the uh, <laughs> question mark table we have eating my two, two, th- You <laughs> know what? You got to let me finish the story if you want me okay, to entertain the people. Uh, well, all, all I wanted to say is that um, Chuck walks up. And I start having a conversation, and every time he shushes me, and you he sound says, like my daughter telling a story. And he says, "He says save it for the save it for the podcast, Brown." And I'm like, "Well, but what?" He said, "Nope." Zoop, zoop. I'm like, "Okay, all right, Chuck." That was pretty funny because yeah. you were said, "Yeah," because we can't talk like real people. We can't talk like real people uh, off mic. And I'm like, "Save that too," and you laugh. Oh, 
I did. I did. Well, here we are. And Glorious Bastards and all 233. Oh, my goodness. So Pulp Fiction is on the longer end of his... Uh, it certainly is. His, 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 his films. That's interesting. All right. Let's move on from that. I'm Robert Evans. I'm the host of Behind the Bastards, and it could happen here. Uh, and I do a lot of investigative journalism studying the international fascist movement and all of this creeping authoritarian terrorism um, that we're increasingly seeing uh, in 2020 and 2019. And uh, I'm generally pretty bummed out as a result. So in the summer of 2019, I went looking for hope. And I found it in what you might consider to be an unlikely place, northeastern Syria, Rojava. This is the place that's generally referred to as the Kurds, uh, when the Western media talks about the fighting against ISIS. I first heard about Rojava in 2014 through a series of half-credible far-left blog articles and social media posts. The picture they painted was of an anarchist feminist utopian project in Syria, one that was fundamentally reforming society at the same time as it led the battle against the Islamic State. It all sounded too good to be true, and I was instantly suspicious, so I traveled there to see what the reality was. You can learn about what I found and the people I met by listening to The Women's War, which releases on March 25th on the iHeartRadio network. Listen to The Women's War on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. And let's move on to... Let's move on to a social studies and all. Social studies on Movie Crush. I asked the Crushers, what's your favorite animal movie? And what I mean by that is, like, the animal has to either be a main character or very, very heavily featured. Does the Revenant count? <laughs> yeah, see, no. <laughs> that bear was heavily featured. heavily featured, actually. <laughs> All right, sure, the Revenant, that's Noel. What about uh, Midsommar? Does that count? The bear? Oh, gosh. I'm all about these bear bear appearances. So, like, a, like Homeward Bound? Well, you know, whatever. You got your Turners and Hooches. You got Turners your, and your Hooches. I got uh, you. Dog's Life or Marley and Me. And, so it doesn't necessarily have to be a talking animal. Uh, Black Stallion. Uh, uh, okay. You know. Got it. No. Uh, Black Beauty. Well, there's two. I think Are there really? A Black Beauty and a Black Stallion. Are there? I did not yeah. know that. All right. We're going to start off with Shannon Marie. You think about your answer. Noggle. Noggle. With an L? Noggle? Yeah. Okay. N-A-U-G-L-E. N-A-U. Noggle. Noggle. Yeah. No, noggle? No, noggle. Like nautical. <laughs> right? N-A-U would be nautical. She's probably like, this is the conversation I've heard my entire life. Probably so. All right. She posted uh, The Emperor's New Groove. I bet there will be some animated in here. Yeah, uh, you didn't specify. Old pal and top fan, Carolyn Gaston, says Homeward Bound. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kevin Herban says Jaws. Okay. That's a great point. That's, That's my true. favorite movie. Yeah. So I guess... That's mine. I guess they counts even though they don't really show the shark very much. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, our old buddy Jimmy Mallory says Turner and Hooch. Uh, Bo Hale says the animated Robin Hood. Yeah, that was pretty yeah, great. Yeah, that one's certainly better than Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves. Uh, Alyssa Galmish says, does Jurassic Park count? For sure. Of course. Those are animals? Yeah. Right? Uh-huh. <laughs> I don't even know. Or are they weird uh, lizard people? Well, they're, no, they're animals. Okay. They're, they're, they're theoretical animals. I thought they might have been lizard humans. Uh, probably, turn, turns out they probably didn't look like that, though. They probably had feathers in real life. That's right. So that would have been less terrifying, I think, if these creepy, gangly right. bird creatures. <laughs> Actually, that would have been my hell if they had had feathers because, you know, I'm anti-bird. You know that's about me, right? Are you afraid of birds? I'm afraid of birds. Wow. Mm-hmm. Well, my friend's uh, stepdad is afraid of birds, and I always thought that was interesting. So that what's the phobia called, do you know? Probably ornithophobia. Okay. 
Wow. Mm-hmm. Did you ever have a bird incident? Yeah, I think so. Uh, it, it, it's, it's like uh, very far in my past, in my okay. childhood. When I was a little kid, my grandpa would take me to the beach and throw breadcrumbs and the seagulls would swarm. Oh, yeah, yeah. And from a little child's <laughs> perspective, I think that probably was terrifying. Yeah. Wow. Thanks, Gramps. Yeah. I, I'm not like so scared of birds that I won't like look at them or they freak me out. But if one comes at me, I'm uh-huh. going to walk the other way. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's for sure. What about those New York City pigeons? They don't, are don't, don't like them, dude. Don't like them. <laughs> they will strut up to your ass. And they, they'll swarm as well. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Good to know, Noel. That explains a lot. Actually, it doesn't explain anything. Uh, all right. Let's go on. That was really interesting. Carl Gaffney says, Babe. Good movie. It's very true. Uh, Maria Maurice says, Chicken Run. Uh, Ashley White says, The Last Unicorn. Sure, that's an animal. Make believe, but why not? It's really just a horse with a little hat. Jason Rees Rise, top fan in Old Pal, says the last unicorn as well. Jeez. What is going on with that? Do you count a unicorn as an animal? Yeah, man. All right. Mythical animal? Sure. You didn't but, specify. But then, like, you didn't say it had to be a real animal. Well, I guess you're right. Uh, Bonnie Blondo. Boy, that's a great name. I like Blonnie Bondo. That'd be fun, too, to flip it. <laughs> that's great. Spoonerize it. Uh, Homeward Bound. Another vote for Homeward Bound. Milo and Otis from Eric Keith. Uh, I haven't heard of this movie, Toothless. Oh, How to Train Your Dragon. It's gotcha. a dragon, yeah. Monique uh, Cassie says that. Are those movies good? They People really enjoy them. I okay. have not seen them, but uh, I've heard nothing but good things from people whose opinions I value. Gotcha. Rob Dickinson says Zootopia. There's a lot of animal things in here, or uh, animated things. Not exactly what I was going for, but I get it. I didn't specify. Uh, Ant-Man, come on. <laughs> There's an ant in that. He rides the ant. It's got a name. Anna Shretha. His, his ant pal that he rides around doesn't have a name. It's like one. Uh, was it Auntie? His main ant. <laughs> You're my main ant. That's right. All right, and let's finish up here with William Angus, our old pal from... Uh, from way back, it goes with Hooch from Turner and Hooch. How long have we been going, Noel? Twenty-two oh five oh six oh seven point All right. <laughs> three three. That number keeps going super fast, so I can't keep up. All right, we're going to finish up then with the return of Trope Time. We haven't done Trope Time in a long time because I think we burned it out early on because I had no other material. But we're getting back in our. Uh, it's been like many, many, many weeks. I think so. We're going to bring it back, Noel. Dust it off. We're going to start off with David Mills, one of our old pals, also my cousin's name. He says, I always love the dramatic pause, possibly accompanied with taking off the eyeglasses, looking in the distance, and uttering, my God. Yeah. That's a good thing for scientist characters to do. Right. Got to have those glasses come off. Exactly. Because that means business. You take them all the way off and then you kind of wipe your brow or sort of like <laughs> I'm doing like where you pinch your temples yeah, kind yeah. of, you know? And my <laughs> God, what have they done? Yeah, there's uh, the other big move that's a for sure trope is the uh, the turning the chair around backwards when you got to do some straight talking, you know, like the teacher. Oh, yeah. Listen. That's a big Listen, one. kid. Flip that chair around. Sleeves roll up. <laughs> this is not teacher time. This is from Alan. All right. Tim Campbell says, look, a distraction. The big goon will always fall for the look over there. That's true. That's an old bit that I'm surprised so many movie characters fall for. (laughs) 
You got to read the one from my my buddy Stephen Yules. It's in there. I don't know if you're planning on getting to it, but uh, I, do you know what it is? Yeah, it was about. Well, just go ahead and say car it. headlights. Paraphrase it. Um, yeah, so it's like you someone falls to their knees, like accidentally trips in traffic, yeah, and yeah. then they look up and <laughs> yeah. immediately see the headlights accompanied by the horn sounds. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. There's always a car right There's there. There's always a car right there. Somebody should take the piss out of that one for sure and just angle it. Like where you know it's coming, and the guy looks up, and it's just like you hear crickets or yeah. something, or, or a there's frog. like a baby carriage or something <laughs> like that. Yeah, but Stephen is an old pal from my hometown of Augusta, Georgia. Oh, cool. Who was a newspaper writer when I was younger and in bands, and he was always very kind to my bands and the music scene in Augusta. Really, nice. really, really, really sweet guy. Hi, Stephen. That's very, very nice. He listens to the show. Cool. He's in the Crushers. Is he really? You know, he he wrote that thing. So. I love that. Mm-hmm. Uh, Vanessa Lopez, part of the V Squad. The Nessa Squad. I like Nessa Squad. When people have a gun pointed at someone, but no one takes them seriously until they pull a hammer back to indicate that they really mean business. Yeah, that is funny. It's like, you got a gun in my face. Hmm, what are you going to do with that? Click. Oh, shit. Uh, let me see here. Rick Swain says, walkie-talkies working perfectly fine all movie long until the climax of the film. That's right, when that static comes in. Oh, but you hear like bits and pieces. Just enough. Of what they're saying, right? Yeah. Just enough for the audience to know that you're missing something really fucking important. Get, set, so, so, gun, die. <laughs> gun, die. Yeah, exactly. Dinosaurs. <laughs> That's Whatever. it. Uh, Matthew Flint says the accidental discovery of the master plan. Yeah, for sure. He said, good example, Independence Day. David, you're going to catch a cold. Dad, you're a genius. <laughs> yeah, I remember being – I didn't like Independence Day. I had so many problems with that I mean, movie. I was very young when it came out. I was just stupid, stupid fun for me. Yeah. Um, there's this movie on Netflix that I would love to crush with you sometime. Maybe not. It's just too stupid. It's just like a lifetime kind of like um, – uh, thriller style uh-huh. movie and basically it's about this woman who what's gets it called into, uh, it, yeah, it's called Secret Obsession and the Perfect. whole idea uh, spoilers I guess if you haven't seen Secret Obsession yeah, but um, this woman is in an accident and ends up in the hospital with where she's lost her memory uh-huh. and there's a man who claims to be her husband okay. But it turns out it's not really her husband. But the funny part is his whole scheme mm-hmm. is banking on the fact that she lost her memory which like Right. When does that ever happen? Right. And like no one could have predicted that. <laughs> right. And she discovers his master plan by noticing that all of the photos in quote unquote their home uh-huh. have been badly photoshopped. <laughs> she notices that there's a reflection of the back of his head where his hair is different. Oh, wow. And so Photoshop fail is what uh, <laughs> reveals his master plan. And then it all goes downhill That's from there. Weak. It's a really fun, bad, schlocky piece of shit. I, I loved, love it. I loved watching. Yeah, it. those um, man when they when it's such a tenuous or you know just convenient thing, it's always like that. Uh, our old buddy Adam Pelletier says Chinese food takeout when a family is somehow down on their luck or in disarray. Absolutely, and it's always eaten out of the takeout containers. That's how that works. It's very easy, uh, and I think prop trucks keep Chinese food takeout stuff just on the truck. Because, mm-hmm. you know, what are you going to do? Well, they're eating Chinese food. I think that's one of those things, too. Where maybe you're right. Maybe it is a product of, like, actual availability or convenience of production type mm-hmm. stuff. Or maybe it's also just, like, 
we're keeping that tradition alive. You know, right. the oh, idea of like, too. you know, we're all, we're just kind of, we're slumming it. You know, it's we're at nod. home, uh-huh. we're eating the, we're eating out of the containers. It's usually during a part where people are sad or something's happening. People yeah. are, are like there for each other and kind of like backing right. each other up. And it's like, you know what? We don't need any fancy food. We can just eat at the takeout. That's container. right. We've got orange chicken. Mm. Mm. <laughs> we both simultaneously, mm. We did. Uh, our old friend, Melinda Bacalo. When the really bad guy drags out the torture of, or, or killing of the good guy, <laughs> of course, allowing ample time to escape or to be rescued. Yeah. And she said uh, they actually made fun of this one in Austin Powers. For sure. All right. Drink, everyone. Let's go with, oh, here it is. Your friend, Stephen Ules. Yules. Yules. <laughs> I've made that mistake before as well. Sure. He has another one? Or you just found the one that I mentioned? No, I already. found the one. Cool. Did I mainly sub? Did I do it justice? You did it justice. Yeah. Someone falls in the street, hears a horn blaring, looks up before. Well, he says, "No one." He indicated to though, no one ever gets hit by that car. Right. It's and it's always a near miss. Yeah. Yeah. And he says the same applies to trains. Very true. All right. We'll finish up with Jennifer Sawyer. She says every dying person in a bed reaches out and grabs an arm and says, "Just make me this promise," and it's usually. Promise you look out for blank. Promise you look out for my daughter. Yeah. (laughs) Make sure she gets a good education. (laughs) Don't let her to grow up Republican. That should be in a movie. Limit her sugar (laughs) intake. (laughs) She has a tendency to get dehydrated. Oh, man. All right. I guess we're done, Noel. I think so. We're definitely, we're canceled. Okay. Uh, It's 30, 20, 21, 22. That's perfect. 23. (laughs) Goodbye, everybody. All right. See you. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. What if you could learn from the world's most inspiring women? Now you can. Introducing Seneca Women, conversations on power and purpose. We bring you purpose-driven, actionable ideas and insights from leaders such as Tori Birch, Madeline Albright, Katie Couric, Valerie Jarrett, Andrea Jung, and many more. Listen to Seneca Women, Conversations on Power and Purpose on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Joe Levy, and on the latest episode of Inside the Studio, I sat down with one of the all-time great singer-songwriters, James Taylor. We talked about his new album, where his music comes from, and how telling his life story through his songs has helped him. Music saved my life, but I was lucky also to survive. I did some very stupid, some some years that were were just really high risk, unnecessarily so. And a lot of people around us died, you know. So join me, Joe Levy, editor at large at Billboard, for this and other in-depth conversations with the biggest artists in music. Listen on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get podcasts.